This is the Friday, January 6, 2023 installment of the market analysis segment from Market to Market. A stronger dollar and improved moisture conditions, along with technical and fund selling, dominated the trade headlines in this holiday-shortened week. For the week, the nearby wheat contract lost 49 cents, while the March corn contract sold off 25 cents. Brazil's pending crop and political changes influenced the soy complex, along with concerns on the health of the Chinese economy. The March soybean contract shed 32 cents, while the March meal contract moved higher by 660. March cotton improved to 30 per hundredweight. Over in the dairy parlor, February Class 3 milk futures gained 8 cents. The livestock market was lower, with February cattle down 112. March feeders cut 58 cents. And the February lean hog contract shed 7.42, or nearly 9%. In the currency markets, U.S. dollar index added 44 ticks. February crude oil plummeted 6.50 per barrel. Comex Gold strengthened 51.90 per ounce, and the Goldman Sachs Commodity Index uh, finished more than 37 points lower at 572.85. Joining us now is regular market analyst, Mr. Mark Gold. Nice to be here once again. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. Mark's appearance is not indicative of what the market had said, but Mark, let's just face it, it's a tough week in grains. Tough week in grains. You know, first of all, we had much better weather in the United States. All this, this Arctic blast and this typhoon-type weather hitting the West Coast is ultimately going to help a lot of things. Uh, all that moisture that moved across the Midwest, we're going to see these river levels come up, replenish a lot of soil moisture, with the big exception being western Kansas. They are still dry and need a lot of moisture. And that leads us into the wheat market right off the bat. Uh, you talk about the missed opportunities of moisture there, but that domestic story is not the only one in wheat. Well, you've got Australia looking at it, maybe a record crop. It's going to be huge. Uh, you've got Russia selling wheat wherever they can sell it. Uh, you do have the concern of the ongoing war between uh, Russia and Ukraine. I thought it was great that uh, Zelensky told Putin to take his uh, a it's cease a family fire. show, remember? Uh, yeah, take, it, take, take the ceasefire and uh, stick it in the barrel of his gun. Um, so that's an ongoing situation that could get bad very quickly depending on what Putin does. And it has, and it has been a very serious situation for a long time, but yeah. when you say Russia's finding anywhere they can sell, that has influenced the world market too. No question about it. We've got relatively cheap wheat out there. Uh, these current rains and moisture and the snow cover we've had in the U.S. is knocked out the threat of winter kill, really. And again, with the exception of western Kansas, we're going to have some pretty good wheat in this country. We're down 6% on the March contract, July down 6%. Uh, what's a range? Do we have more lower to go? In the wheat market? Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, you know, you look at the wheat, the high in 12 $13 range, back down to seven fifty. That's one hell, heck of a break in this market. And it uh, doesn't mean it can't go even lower. Look at these export numbers. They're, they're almost non-existent. You know, 100, 120,000 metric tons of wheat going out the door, it's, it's nothing. Uh, the dollar on Friday put in a remarkable move. It was up a point, a full penny, then it was down more than a full penny, but still closed higher on the week. The dollar could be in some trouble here, and that may help things. 
long run, but we just don't have any de export demand for our wheat, and it's killing our market. Not much better export story in corn either, though. No, corn. We had the exports this morning, 360 or 350, whatever it was. Uh, just terrible numbers out here. Uh, without China buying, uh, Mexico's stepped up a little bit to the plate and kind of helped us a little bit here, but it's not what China can do. And if anybody wants to know if China's in trouble with this COVID situation, just look at what's happening there. They've stopped announcing how many cases, how many deaths. They just increased their crude oil export quotas, which tells us that their economy is slowing down dramatically. So, you know, where's the demand going to come from if we've knocked China out of the box? Plus, the world's going to be bringing more and more grain to the table over the next couple of months. I just, it's a tough market. I asked you about the wheat range, same thing in corn. It, I, I'm not even asking you to say a top range because I'm going to bet you're going to tell me we're not going to see a top. Is there still more room to move lower on corn and by how much? Well, you know, two years ago we were at 450 corn and then last year we never really broke too hard. We had the big rally first and the, the break afterwards and then came back again. But, you know, can we see corn under $5 this year? We've got new crops sitting around 596. Uh, there's no reason why we can't go down and test five bucks in there. If we have good crops and this soil moisture replenishment that we've seen in the last two weeks is going to help, we haven't had a good growing season in three years, really. If we ever have a good growing season, look what Brazil's doing with their beans. I mean, there's just no telling how big these yields will get. And, you know, the American farmer's gotten kind of used to big yields and big prices or decent yields despite the rain, what's going to happen if we get rain, timely rains? It always is a big concern. Let's go to the bean picture then. Uh, you mentioned Brazil. Their crop's about two weeks from coming online. Yeah. Argentina, though, yeah. about to get some rain and cooler temperatures. Well, the Argentinian weather shifts almost every 12 hours. Last night or yesterday morning, it looked like they were going to have rains Maybe Tuesday, Wednesday, they'd taken the high 104 numbers out of it down to like 100 degrees. And then last, by the end of the day, they had put rain in Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and which was part of the pressure we saw yesterday. And then all of a sudden we wake up this morning and it's gone. Maybe two chances of rain, maybe Wednesday, Thursday, temps back up to 100 degrees. So I think that's what rallied the beans on Friday. But in my opinion, when we get these kind of Argentinian rallies, don't worry about it. Brazil's going to have more than enough. So what do I do? Well, what do you do is you take advantage of these rallies. First of all, in corn and beans, if you've got old crop in the bin, you really have to ask yourself why. The basis has been incredible all around the country. You've got virtually, well, Six and a half, seven dollar corn, depending on the basis where you're at, even higher in some areas. You've got fifteen dollar beans plus a good basis. There's no carry in the market. Why are you storing these, these grains when the market is begging you for it, paying you for it? Why are why are you sitting there? Are you hoping for higher prices? Well, good luck. Maybe you'll get them. 
But that, you can always sell the grain and buy a call to keep the upside open. That ship has sailed. So Gary in Wisconsin, we kind of glossed over your question, but that was the basis question. Maybe we'll ask it for sure and plus. I need to get to livestock because I, just the outside perspective, you would think with lower grains that maybe cattle, for sure feeders would have a better week than they did. Yeah. Why'd the cattle not do so well? You know, it's an interesting question because the box beef market has been so strong. We backed off a little bit here the last day or two, but we're still at 282 where we were this morning. Um, we've had, obviously, a strong cash market in the retail level, but the packers haven't been willing to pay up, even though there aren't that many cattle around. So why would the market break? I think it's a couple of things. Number one, this is a long time ago, but when I was back in college in the mid-70s, I did a study for one of the professors about cattle relationships and how many times we would make highs in the cattle market in this third or fourth Friday of the year. And that's always stuck in the back of my mind. And when we were on these contract highs last Thursday and Friday, I'm thinking, I don't know if it's going up or down or not, but I do know this is a great opportunity to buy some puts here. So I think that's part of the technical scene that's going on. And right now, after the last couple of days, certainly looks a little toppy. The other thing I think that's going on is that, you know, even though the Dow is strong, I think people are concerned about world economies. Um, we're going to have, we know it's tough to pull cattle now and that the, the placement numbers are going to be tough for a while. But if we, sometimes it's a futures market. We build these things in ahead of time and maybe we've built enough in for the time being. On the, on the on, cattle on side. On the cattle What side. do you think on the feeder side then? Well, I think feeders are going to be as much a function of the corn market as anything else. Um, but I think cattle, hogs, and uh, fat cattle, feeder cattle, and hogs all have a propensity, in my opinion, to go down because the fund rebalancing is going to start on Monday. And we expect the funds to be selling corn, wheat, beans, cattle, hogs, and feeder cattle. So I don't think that's a positive for these markets. We've already had major fund selling this week. You're saying yeah. we're due for more come Monday? It's a rebalancing. So it's certainly possible we could see it. And generally it comes in toward the end of the day. Uh, but we could see significantly. The funds are long 140,000 corn. They're long 100 beans and 100,000 meal. Uh, could we see more selling? You bet we could. So maybe part of the pause for some on the livestock side have been... Yeah. We're thinking it's going lower. Their well, feed side. Well, I think that's part of it. But to me, the technical indicators and with the funds rebalancing and the fact that the market just didn't act that good this week with the box beef up at 288 or 289 uh, earlier with the cash prices not really responding too much, maybe up a buck in Iowa, that was it. Yeah. So I think you got to be very leery here. What about hogs? I mean, that wasn't a good week either. You know, China, I think, watch China to see what the hogs are going to do. Anytime there's more concern about the COVID situation in China, hogs are going to go down. Do you see, and that's, that's something I ask many times that, yeah. about, but not everybody agrees with you on that. So, again, well, continue to watch China is what you're saying. I can't believe they don't all agree with me. But, well, you yeah. know, it wouldn't be the first time they no. haven't agreed with everything else. All right, I'll hold that okay. uh, and get the rest of your hog discussion 
in our Market Plus. You okay, okay with that, Mark? Sure. All right. Thank you so much. That is uh, going to do it as we put a pause in this analysis. We will continue and talk about these markets in our Market Plus segment. So that's analysis and plus there. You can find those segments on our website of markettomarket.org. All of these resources that we've mentioned here are free. We also post our video content to YouTube, which includes the show, the plus, and our stories along with the MTOM show podcast. Make a resolution to try something new and join our family by subscribing to the feed of Market to Market. Next week, we look at the impact of one of the biggest government reports of the year. Thank you so much for watching and have a great week.